0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. And one and two,
1: welcome in, welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday night, uh, the 21st of March, and time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dumbler. Carl, how you doing? I'm going to hold you accountable to uh, my computer that was supposed to be the new one today, and I'm banging my table for that one, and uh, (laughs) it's supposed to be delivered between 11 and 4, and hey, it's 5 o'clock, so... uh, Maybe it'll be delivered by the time the show's over.
2: There you go. Yeah, of course, they're going kind to of come knock on the door and like run away because I don't know if you have to have the signature for this one. I, for,
1: I don't know. It's
2: yeah, it's a computer. So it might be a good idea. But yeah, uh, I, I would think so. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Your computer didn't make it there quite yet. So hopefully damn it, damn it. next week, Nick will not be having his Internet issues and cutting out and tomorrow. all those fun things. Yeah, hopefully by tomorrow. But, uh, but I'm just glad you're here tonight, man, and getting this chance to talk once again about some Bronco football, and man, Broncos are just, they keep coming with the news almost every day they got to do something, and today they decide let's just change it up uh, on the punter side of things, and you know how much we love to talk about punters, right?
1: Special teams, man, <laughs> the forgotten third phase, but yeah. if you grew up at all watching the Iowa Hawkeyes like I did, if you don't grow to enjoy and revere good special teams play, you're not gonna have a good time watching football because Lord knows you're not finding it on the offense. Uh so Broncos hopefully improving the special team side of things. But uh let's say hello to some folks in the chat while we get into the news here. Uh we got Dylan von Arks, our guy, saying sub Broncos Country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh also we have David saying, So Riley Dixon is back, and there will be a battle to see if you can kick it 45 to 48 yards. Hopefully it'll be better. Um the Broncos bringing in Riley Dixon, a former seventh round pick, I believe, in the 2015 draft, 2016 draft. Uh, so the Broncos took him out of Syracuse, I want to say. They touted for athleticism and arm for a punter. Uh, didn't have great overall numbers uh, during the last uh, last season at the New York Giants. Obviously, he was a free agent this long, but uh, was rated pretty highly by PFF. I'm not going to get into the intricacies by PFF's grading of punters. I have no idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they had him ranked number three overall among punters. You wouldn't think that guy's hitting the market. Uh, But, yeah, I think here's the thing. Obviously, last year with Waitman, it was way too up and down. I I was at the 49ers game where he was probably the MVP of that game. I mean, defense played lights out, so they deserve it too. But Waitman had the game of his life. And uh, it, but th- that didn't carry over. It was one good game and 16 other not great games, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just way up and down. When I was at training camp, he'd have the top three best punts of the day and the three worst punts. And uh, so it's just kind of that up and down game that you just can't have in the NFL. You need that consistency that you can depend on.
1: Um, but uh, last show with this, God bless the yeah, I love it. Got. Yeah. What's up, Dylan? Uh, Scott, hi, Broncos country. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, good to see you. We got our guy, uh Granville Kalkwarf, coming in here. Gesundheit. uh Saying Broncos withdraw tender. Also, the other news today. So Broncos sign Riley Dixon and also withdraw the $90,000 tender, I believe it was, in the exclusive rights uh, tender on Corliss Waitman. Uh, so Waitman is gone. No competition. No competition right now. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Broncos drafted somebody. I mean, there's going to be another punter in camp regardless. Right. So we'll see what happens with the special teams unit. I do have faith uh, with the Broncos, new special teams coaches in place that, you know, they're going to want to get some other people in here, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. And we're talking a lot about punting, but the other thing about Corliss Waitman in last season was that the exchanges and the snaps were poor and it resulted in a poor kicking game as well. And you know, you just asked Brandon McManus, he'll be the first one to tell you that uh, the holding was uh poor on that exchange. So hopefully it'll be better there. Um, yeah. This season.
2: Yeah. I- and that's the other thing. I, I still would love some competition for kicker too. Because yes. McManus, well, he can blame the holder. There's still parts of that for him that were not great. And so I, I think it's important for them to bring in some competition for him to push him at least, if nothing else. He's being paid top six money. He kicked like a, top, a bottom five kicker last year. Yeah. Yeah, he did not uh, play very well.
1: So we'll see how it all plays out uh, this year for the Broncos and by McManus has got to be better. No doubt. I think the, the way things are set up though, one more year with him, uh, you think if they'd have moved on from it, it would have already happened, but you never know. Uh, maybe he's struggling in camp that now we talked about, we've added a puncher that this regime picked and added. Maybe they go after a kicker in the draft uh, as well, or, but somebody else, but, We'll be we interesting to follow. Uh, David Micklerath coming off of a birthday here pretty recently. Happy belated birthday. Papa Bear says, a good evening, Broncos country. Nick Carl, Dylan, Deacon Scott, MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And hashtag Buckham. Yeah, happy birthday. A big old Buck you to David for his birthday. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we also got our guy, Mike S, saying, what's up, Carl, Nick, and Scott, and Dylan, Broncos country. Not too much. Uh, Jesse saying, I see it. dude has an amazing arm, and he's smart. Sees the field very well, and he's young and healthy. I wonder, I thought you were talking about the, uh, Oh, he's talking about a quarterback here. No quarterback on the Broncos or the future of my beloved Broncos, says David. What do you think about that? Uh, Scott and I talked about it this morning. A weirdly, a lot of smoke surrounding Jarrett Stidham in the last 48 hours from the big wigs in the NFL media.
2: Yeah, that that's the thing that cues you to something more going on here. If it was local guys, whatever. You know, they're they are pumping up the smoke of the team of, hey, brah, brah, Broncos are doing great. But when you got national guys saying that this is a, a big part of what they're doing. I I take some I take some notice of it. I, I do think Stidham has a chance. He's got a good enough arm to be an NFL quarterback, a starting NFL quarterback. Has
1: oh, a sorry, man. I try to do the Facebook side of things too. Some of the video oh. I just pulled up.
2: <laughs> so sort of doing sound there. Whoops, no, me. you're good. You're Go good. Um, and you, you look at what he did against the 49ers. Now I know one game doesn't mean a whole lot. But it was against the number one defense in football that everybody pretty much feared. A lot of great quarterbacks went against them. And I don't think anybody played against the 49ers as good as Stidham did last year. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that's just saying something. So I think especially when you look at the the track record of Sean Payton and what he's done with quarterbacks that a lot of people kind of cast off and said, "Eh, I don't think they have much left. He made them jump up a level to something even more. I mean, Drew Brees, I know hindsight, we're looking at that going, man, look at this guy. He was such a great quarterback. He was not wanted in the NFL. The only team that wanted him were the Saints. Miami thought about it. He really wanted to go to Miami. Last second, they they're like, no, nah, we can't take this chance. You know, Chargers obviously moved on pretty darn quick from him. Used the second round pick. Then all of a sudden, hey, let's use this first round pick to go get this guy, Rivers. And, you know, the rest is history. There were th- those kind of quarterbacks moving on. But again, I think a big part of Drew Brees going forward was, was Sean Payton designing an offense that fit him so well. And even yeah. beyond Drew Brees, the next few quarterbacks that came in, you know, they weren't like hall of fame level, but they played a lot better than they did anywhere else. So yeah. if, if Sean Payton's given the stamp of approval, and I have to think he's one of them that's sitting there saying, I want Stidham above all these other free agent quarterbacks. Cause it wasn't like a bunch of them were off the market either. He's one of the first quarterbacks to sign. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had my ideas of who I wanted. You know, I kind of thought Sam Darnold, I've still not completely given up on that guy. I thought maybe if he got with Sean Payton, he could live up to that number three overall pick. But again, if he's getting that kind of stamp of approval, that's a big sign of how much this team actually believes this guy could turn into something.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
1: Yeah. And we got Howie freaking day coming up with the uh, big Facebook stars. here. trying to follow mm-hmm. it on the, uh, the Facebook side of things on my phone. Cause Carl is off doing youth sports stuff or not. Carl uh, Scott is off <laughs> doing youth sports stuff. Uh, so We also got Michael saying big stars from Howie Frickin' Day. Thank you so much, Howie. Roy Osborne coming in saying good evening. Nick, Carl, and Scott, pretty quiet on the center position. I'd like to know if there's anyone that can be a starter center in the draft. Uh, Well, just today we had Daniel Jeremiah uh, drop, maybe it was yesterday, drop his mock draft uh, 3.0, I want to say. And he had the Wisconsin center, Joe Tippman, going in the first round. Uh, First time I've seen him in the first round. Wow. Going to the New York Giants at 25 or 26 overall. So there's a center that could start right away. We'll see if he goes in the first round. I think he anywhere from 80 through 40 is the range I expect him, but yeah. you never know. Uh, John Michael Schm- uh, Schmitz is another name to keep an eye on. Wisconsin, uh, Steve Avilia could be a, Olivia, uh, Steve A from uh, TCU could be another. He played guard, but some people think he might be a center of the next level. Cody Mock, uh, outside zone more, but a center also. So there's some guys out there that could start day one. Typically though, I, I would be pretty, skeptical of starting a rookie at center year one. It's pretty rare that you see that not a lot of teams have the complicated line checks that are required of the centers. uh, And it takes, it's just a huge mental burden on the center position. And if you have like a genius quarterback back there, that's making all the checks and whatnot. Maybe you can get away with it, but let's call it out. I mean, Russ struggled with that last season. Uh, So I don't know. I guess you could, you could roll with the center there and a lot of resources. and time would be put towards getting him ready with the rest of the unit being pretty veteran. Uh, but I don't know if it's the best course of action.
2: Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to Albert for coming in. Albert's been a longtime supporter of of MHH and just wanted to say good luck on your show, bud, and uh, appreciate you tuning in here for just a few minutes with us before you get out of here. But uh, yeah, you you know, I agree. The center position, rarely do you see that center all of a sudden come in and just dominate. Chiefs, Mm -hmm. how do the Chiefs keep getting lucky like this? Like their center came in right off the bat, became like a top 10 center right from, from day one. Mm -hmm. And then this last year, probably top five pretty easily. I would say now given, I think part of that's, they just have great players around him that helps. And so that would be the nice thing for the Broncos is they do have a rookie coming into a situation where there's going to be two good guards around them. Now, I, I guess What do you think of the idea of the Broncos moving Miners to center since he's been in the league for a couple of years? Because I know they tried him out there a little bit last year.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's the way to go. Uh, Obviously, there was a report from James Palmer that the Broncos weren't done on the center market. They're also still looking at some guards, which to me would say that Miners shifting over to center is something they are at least considering the possibility of. It's not an ideal situation, though. I honestly, I'm not typically the nostalgia, you know, walk down memory lane kind of person but like Conor McGovern sitting out there, he's not going to be super expensive. He's safe. Yeah. You sign him to a one-year deal or a two-year deal. That's essentially a one-year deal with how the guarantees work out. Call it good. Uh, then if you love a center there in the third round, God bless, take him. Uh, that, I don't care. Connor McGovern's a short-term stop gap anyway, but I do not like to be in the position where, especially picking 67, 68, you are have to take one single position. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, and my, if you sign a Conor McGovern too, and you try out minors there at center, and he goes out there and wins the position. Awesome. Fantastic. Good for you. But uh, get the best five out there. Uh, I just don't like right now where Lloyd Cushenberry was so poor last season that even when he was healthy enough to come off IR, they kept him on there and didn't move on. For, or, uh, and still, he's the next guy in line, I guess, with this new regime. So we will see. Uh, Howie Freaking Day, thank you again for the stars. We forgot to answer your question. How long of a leash does Russ have this year? I think if he plays as bad as he did last season, I think he gets half the year. But, I mean, there's so many variables that are going to change and it's really hard to predict. I mean, the D scheme is going to be different. The emphasis on offense is going to be different. Uh, obviously, the, the play calling and the matchmaking and the, the game uh, set up, like game to game, how they're going to attack teams is going to be different with Sean Payton. So, uh, going to be a lot different. But if he's not playing at a top 15 level, I could see the Broncos, even if it's a slight step back, moving on from Stidham. I, I don't know. Actually, now I'm talking myself against him. Maybe you keep him there and you... Maybe you can trade him then because you, you're still going to eat most of the, the cost, but it's slightly less for a trade. Maybe somebody would be interested in that. I don't know. It's The quarterback position in Denver this year with Russell Wilson, play him, sit him, whatever, it's going to be fascinating.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. It, it's, it's hard to know. I've heard rumors that Sean Payton's not the biggest Russ fan, so I don't think he would have much trouble moving on. You know, I think the last coaching regime, they were really tied to Russ. Like if Russ succeeds, you succeed. And yep. there's no going back. Like that's how it's going to be. Sean Payton, it's like, man, this guy can be gone as soon as you want him to be. You're our future, not Russ. And and so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it could be where that eight games in, everybody's going, you know what? This isn't working. Let's get Stidham in there. Let's see if he works better within the system that we're trying to run. You know, maybe he's a more... Willing to try a lot of the things where, like last year, Russell Wilson won his own setup. He won his own offense, all those kind of things. And they gave yeah. it to him. And then they're like, but you're you're not able to work within the offense that you want. And then they said, let's try this. And he's like, no, I don't want that. I still want this. I'm going to make it work. And it just never quite went that way. And so, uh, I, obviously, I mean, I, I do hope it works with Russ. That's the best thing for the Broncos, obviously. And gets them back to the playoffs as soon as possible. And I do think it can work. It's just gonna be a matter of both sides giving a little giving on how they're gonna communicate and um and humbling each other a little bit. You know, yeah. I think Sean Payton, he's gonna to have to come into the situation humbled as well. Understanding he's gonna to have to learn to communicate with Russ differently than he did, say with Drew Brees. I don't think he's gonna come in humbled.
1: I, I, I think, think so he probably should, but like he's empowered right now, right? Team traded a, a hall to bring him in here. This team goes out and spends huge money on him. Everybody's, you know, I think I just saw odds that he's the number one highest odds for, or the best odds, not the highest odds for coach of the year this season. I don't think he's got a huge ego and yeah. it's been earned, uh, but uh, we'll be interesting. The big kicker here with talking about Russell Wilson and the leash that he has is that if he has an injury guarantee in his contract for his salary in 2025, that is guaranteed for injury. If it's injured, if he gets injured this season, uh, if he's still injured on the fifth day of the league year in 2024. So essentially like if he tears his ACL in October, guess what? You're stuck with Russell Wilson for two more years than you would have moving on from him. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be interesting to see what happens. And that's, I think the same thing happened with Matt Ryan this year. The same thing happened with Derek Carr. Uh the, the those teams sat them because of the injury guarantees in order to move on from them. So we'll see how it plays out. Um uh, it's gonna be really interesting to follow. And um uh, who knows what happens. We got Buckham saying miners is too dang good to be a center. I think center is probably the second or third most important position on the offensive line. Yeah. But really just give me the best five. I mean, tackles are the hardest to find, but centers from the cerebral standpoint and the line checks and everything are Super undervalued if you can find a great one.
2: Yeah. And I've always said, and I think it's a little bit d- different with Russ because I don't think Russ is the best at being able to, to search in front of him and say, okay, these are the line checks that we need. He's not quite that kind of guy. But usually, if you have a veteran quarterback, you can maybe have a younger center. But if you have a young quarterback, you cannot have a young center. It just doesn't work well. You need yeah. one of those guys that can kind of get people lined up and in the right position. Now, let's say Ben Powers has been around the league long enough that he's learned, hey, I can do that. And there's been some teams that have done that before with a guard. It's not normal, but but it is something that's happened before. So maybe you can do some of that. I, I know I'm trying to think. The Broncos did it for a little bit with somebody. I can't remember who it was, but I, I don't think Quinn Miners can do it. I mean, he's still learning his position. He's still got a lot to, to go to, to become the player he needs to become. So it'd have to be Ben powers. If that can happen, I think you can go with a younger guy, but like I said, I think I'm with you. Connor McGovern. He played like a top, at least the top half of the league center last year. So I think he can come in and and be fine for the Broncos. He'd be enough. You'd at least have five average to above average guys across the entire offensive line. And that's good in this league.
1: You hope so. Uh, I saw the, some of those advanced metrics come out and the, you know, who the worst rated player in the Broncos offensive line was going into the next season on this. I think it was, uh, Ben Baldwin's analytics. McGlinchy? It was McGlinchy by a yeah. lot. So, I mean, I don't really trust the analytics for offensive <clears throat> line fully. Uh, and uh, to have Lloyd Cushionberry being a good player is a uh, highly questionable, but, uh, based on my eye test, but, I think the Broncos did approach bulls with a restructure of sorts and it was rebuffed. So I think that's on hold and the Broncos are holding the, holding the leverage there for next season. Cause if bulls plays like he did last season before the injury, or he was not very good, uh, then they could move on from him. Cause his cap hit is big and the dead cap is low. So I don't know if they're going to restructure bulls. I think if there's anybody on this team that I would approach with the restructure is probably Justin Simmons. Uh, just yeah. how is I'm fine committing to him for the duration of his contract and giving up the, uh, the ability to move on from him somewhat. Bobby Wagner, possibly, especially the longer he's out there. I think the Broncos are pretty content with Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton being there starting to, and you have last year's week one starter as a backup now in uh, Jonas Griffith. He hasn't gone away. He's still here. Uh, didn't play great, but uh, still somebody that they had some hope with enough last season to have him as the starter week one. And uh, as far as DeAndre Hopkins for Sutton and a third, I think you probably see two different moves here. You see Sutton move first for whatever it is, and then some of that additional cap you get move on from DeAndre Hopkins. I don't. The Broncos haven't been linked to DeAndre Hopkins at all uh, that I've heard, but they've been on wide receivers, so I, nothing would surprise me there.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I one, I don't think they're going to be in there on Bobby Wagner. I'm with you with there. Mm-hmm. You just paid Singleton starter money. So and Jewel, he has starter money as well, not quite as much, but so I, I feel like they think this is good enough. Like you said, yeah, and they got Griffith behind them. That's a pretty darn good backup. Maybe you get another in the draft that you like to kind of develop. You can find a guy. Uh, I think they're pretty set right there. You'd but hope so. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, there's some talk of the Broncos being in some trade talks with like the Browns for Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. And they want a first round pick or second round pick and player kind of thing. And so that, that's where I could see maybe the Broncos go after a couple players. players. Um, I know they got Donovan Peoples-Jones at wide receiver. He's been okay. Nothing too special. Yeah, from Michigan, Uh, I could see them going after that. I would love to see him get Greg (laughs) Newsom. I don't think that would be the the trade that they would make. But
1: okay, so you say. Let's get to Sue Gibson's comment first, but I want to come back to that. Uh, Sue Gibson, hi guys, love the podcast. Realistically, how do you think the Broncos are to beating the Chiefs? Uh, Go Denver Broncos for life, Buckham. Yeah, the Broncos. I think are. God, the chiefs are so good, but it's any given Sunday, right? Like the chiefs have the best team in football. They still are not having the horrific side of Patrick Mahomes, contract, contract, uh, the way it's set up. He took a little bit of a discount at the beginning of his contract. And hopefully that'll be bloated later. Uh, Maybe he'll even have to get, he'll get a restructure after the likes of Lamar, uh, Herbert, Mo- uh, Lamar, Herbert and burrow, get those new contracts, which will make it even different. Those guys probably, especially Herbert and burrow going to reset the market there. Uh, right. But uh any Given Sunday, I think with the Broncos having Peyton here and also a running team, mm-hmm. they have a chance. Now we'll see how. Also, the other thing is, how much longer is Andy Reid going to be around? That's the other yeah. thing. Like, Mahomes is incredible, but Andy Reid also is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So, once they lose them, they're gonna, there'll be a destabilizing effect on that. Travis Kelsey is getting older too. So, I mean, this could be the year. Broncos could beat them once. Uh, they almost beat them uh, in Denver, or pretty darn close. They almost beat them in Kansas City. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, that was. Any given Sunday, if you're a physical team, I think you got a chance. And especially if the Broncos are doing better in the margins, special teams, turnovers, penalties, just execution, they'll have a better chance.
2: Yeah, I, I think of there's one game that always sticks out to me of a team that beat that beat the Chiefs here in the last couple of years. And it was the against the Colts mm-hmm. it is the I think one of the lowest scoring games in all of Patrick Mahomes career here in the NFL. And essentially, the Colts just played that keep away game. They just said, we're just going to run it, run it, and keep running it. And we're just going to march down the field. We're going to have these 10 to 12-minute drives that eat up the clock. And Patrick Mahomes was out of sync when he did finally get on the field, just overthrowing everybody. He started reaching that point where he's like in panic mode of, i got to throw it deep. i got to make that big play. I haven't been on the field hardly at all. And he just that, – that was one of the first times I was like, man, this guy looks really human in this moment. So what have the Broncos done? They have made themselves a power running team, like you said, that they're going to really emphasize this if we are going to just keep running it and running it. And once you think you're going to stop that, all of a sudden, play action deep over the top. And so I think that sets up really well to attack what the Chiefs want to do. But the other side of it on defense, this is where I feel like the Broncos really took a big step back. I think losing that, Vic Fangio's system, that's one of the few systems that has really slowed down Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And now you have this real attack, of attack, aggressive system that wants to get after the quarterback. That fits perfect to what Patrick Mahomes wants. Like he makes one guy miss or they set up perfect blocks up front. Boom, it's a big play over the top. That's That's exactly what they want to do every single game. So I, I do worry about that, that they would maybe do better on offense, but obviously on defense, there's going to be that difficulty of keeping up with those guys.
1: It will be interesting to see because the chiefs kind of had a revolution or revitalization of uh, how they attack after the Tyree kill trade. They went a lot more 12 and 21 personnel last year with big body types. yak Guys at wide receiver versus the pure speed guys. I mean, Tony he's fast, but he's like shifty fast, you know? And, uh, yeah, they also uh, Juju Smith, Schuster, big body, uh, wide receiver, kind of a, more of a yak guy, short yardage and then yak. So, We'll see. Maybe this, you know, cover, cover two or but blitz centric uh, style that Fans Joseph is probably going to bring will be might work some, but I we will see. Uh, I'm curious to see how the uh, personnel stacks up. Benjamin Flores, howdy, fellas. Good to see you. Jay Sauer saying, hey, Broncos, forget about the Chiefs. Let's beat the Raiders first. <laughs> I can get behind that if yeah, the Raiders don't too. beat themselves first. Uh, we got. Uh, Cooper coming in, Michaela's son. So, hi, Cooper. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you coming in. And I told you to put a pin it there uh, for a second, Carl, but you talked about Jerry Judy being traded. Uh, Mary Kay, uh, Cleveland beat writer, Mary Kay Cabot, uh, who's done a lot of good Cleveland stuff for a number of years, recently put out an article about 30 minutes ago uh, that I've had my phone blowing up about Jerry Judy and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, there's been a lot of smoke over the last 24 hours about Jerry Judy connected to the Browns. And, oh, the Browns don't have a first-round pick. Well, the Broncos might take a second round pick plus a player. And uh, then you have Troy rank tweeting off of uh, Mary Kay's uh, report saying that one scenario I keep hearing is Judy for a second or third round pick along with cornerback, Greg Newsom. Uh, not sure if the Browns would entertain it, but they're not out of it. And that seems to be an offer that has some smoke to it. So what? There you go. Uh, okay.
2: Be- so I know Bronco fans would be really upset about this because Jerry Judy, he's kind of an ascending player. Really showed well those last few games. But I'm telling you, like Greg, Greg Newsom paired with our cornerback, like that'd be one of the best one two punches that the NFL's seen in a long time. Cost throw, controlled for another three years, two years right. as well. Throw in, then you got Justin Simmons back there as well. You know, you hope Caden Stearns can get back to what he looked like as a rookie. That that would be something special. Honestly, I, I don't, I know a lot of Bronco fans have not watched Greg Newsom a whole lot. Cause I mean, it's not fun to watch the the Browns, mm-hmm. but he is good. Like yeah. there was, I, you and I, we talked about this during the draft when the Broncos didn't trade back and uh, you know, Greg Newsom was there after that trade. And like, he played pretty darn close to, to the same level of, you know, being a top 10 cornerback his rookie year.
0: I mean, he
2: was pretty darn good before he got hurt. So honestly, I think that would be a great trade for the Broncos.
1: Yeah. The big question with Greg Newsom is when he's been out there, he's been good, but it's been durability. There was a question, a little bit of him coming out of Northwestern. And uh, in 2021, he missed uh, two games with a calf injury this last year. He had a concussion that caused him to miss uh, weeks 12 through 15 Then he had an oblique injury also this season. So durability is the question mark with Greg Newsome. uh, But he was somebody that we had thought about a lot. If the Broncos weren't going to sit there at nine, maybe trade back and uh, get Newsome or Adafi Owe, uh, or who was the other one? Um, Jordan Phillips. Was that it? The edge rusher from Miami? I might be mixing up the name. Uh, But uh, yeah, Greg Newsome would be really interesting. I I do think that the Broncos were quite high on him uh, coming out of Northwestern. I knew that there was some entertaining, uh, at least talk about that as well. So it would be interesting and it would really add to a secondary that, I mean, I I don't know. You probably haven't, you're busy. You got kid stuff going on, but the last two weeks or the last uh, two shows I've done, I've been harping on the Broncos do need a center. We probably need another running back too, but like looking at the depth of the roster right now, cornerback depth, specifically on the boundary and offensive tackle depth, it simply just does not exist. You you do not have it right now. Uh, Your number three cornerback uh, on the boundary Jaquan McMillan, I mean, he played well in a game last season, but do you trust him? I mean, got to earn it, in my opinion, as an undrafted free agent. After that, Fayon Hicks was injured last year, didn't even play. That's your yeah. backups after Mathis and Patrick Sertan on the boundary. Boundary right. specific, Quan Williams the Sangbassi slots. Different position. Right. Uh, offensive tackle, too. I don't even, I didn't, didn't even, I'm going to be honest. I, we cover the Broncos. I watch a lot of Bronco tape. I didn't even know the backup left tackle that was listed on the depth chart. Like, who, the, who the hell is this? When did I sign this? Let's been a futures contract guy. Uh, yeah. Then right tackle you have Isaiah Prince, who I know from Ohio State, but kicked around the league. Not very good. So cornerback right. and tackle depth, not good.
2: Right. Yeah. that's. I know I've always said that if PS2 goes down, the whole defense is just in a lot of trouble, which is yeah. true. Yeah. But it's kind of the same thing with Mathis too like I said that there's not a whole lot behind him right now to make you feel any good no we do not have Ojemudia he was cut mm-hmm. so that's another name that's gone and Julian Hawkins coming in saying you guys are the best really appreciate that you guys are the best just for tuning in uh on this Tuesday night to, to talk some Broncos football with us really appreciate it um but yeah I like I said I would love that trade you get a second round pick and Greg Newsom, so you know maybe you can go add a wide receiver there with that second round pick we've been seeing the Broncos are very interested in wide receivers Mm -hmm. at the same time trying to trade their wide receivers. So maybe they're seeing something with their, their guys that they're not seeing how they fit well with this system. Or they're sitting there saying, okay, we got some great trade value with these guys that we feel like we can still replace maybe 80% of what they brought at this price by bringing this guy in. Um, So, and, and I think also if you look at Sean Payton's system, he does well of setting wide receivers up to be successful. Yeah. Like he's helped to make a lot of guys. Now, Michael Thomas, he was a talented guy coming out of college. Don't get me wrong. And he performed at a very high level when he was healthy and when he was in the right mind to to do all that. Uh, Yeah. And Darby, I think he's still available, but he's, he's not with the Broncos anymore either. Um, So, So, again, I think the Broncos can find some replacement guys that they can make work within this system. You know, if you're going to be a run heavy team anyway, like you don't need the greatest wide receivers to be able to get open off of that play action. I mean, you still want them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not trying to downgrade what Jerry Judy brings to the table. You still want that kind of player on your team. But if you can add to another position and add to your draft capital and not really hurt your cap at all. Like that that's huge for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I mean, then you'd have a chance to reset the room and the Broncos have been floating around jury duty trades for a while. I mean, we really like the talent that he has, but at some point you gotta be like, hey, maybe they're just not that into him, right? I mean, not to quote a chick flick or whatever the heck that, whatever the movie that was, but uh, just keep shopping. him. I don't know, it's interesting. I also think the Broncos probably would have preferred to trade Cortland Sutton, but I don't know if the, the market is as advantageous to the return that they're going to get. I'm curious also, it seems like the Broncos are, are really hellbent and getting a first and a second or, or a high, like like a top 40 pick this year. Is there yeah. a certain player that they're targeting? I mean, is it, is it that center we were talking about here looking to solidify that offensive line, or is there some other spots that uh, maybe is the Broncos could go after?
2: Well, I mean, you talked about cornerback depth,
1: but this if you get a... new, some then,
2: the well, okay, is. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I... That's a good question. I'm not sure who they'd be looking at at that point. You know, it's one of those things. I haven't been watching those guys as much because I'm like, well, Broncos don't even have a pick at that spot. You know, I watch them a little bit just because it's always intriguing to see where all those guys will go. You know, maybe pass rusher, get another edge guy, get a guy to come in and help with that. But we got Mike coming in with a $20 super chat. Really appreciate that. Mike saying, I really think the Broncos need to find another running back. Darrell Davis tore more than one ligament in his knee and was never the same. Now I will say one medicine has advanced a long ways since then. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. But you are right. Broncos definitely need to find another running back. You cannot depend on P Ryan to be your, your only guy. It's just, I mean, one, you need about three running backs in the NFL. Anyway, it's yeah. a position that just gets tore up all the time. Yeah. Maybe be John Robinson. <laughs> Some people were talking about that in the, the comments here that that would be kind of exciting. Honestly,
1: that's the wrong name though. I think Bijan's going to go way too early. Uh, the name that I have been pounding the table for here that I think that there's a connection there um, is Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Uh, They're number one carrier of the football and also their number one receiver uh, at Alabama this last year. Uh can flex him out, can play the slot uh, incredible out of the backfield. He's never going to be a running back that is a bell cow by any means, but with Sean Payton specifically, he's loved to have dichotomized uh, running back rooms, and there's plenty of touches and targets to go around for that position. Uh, I know that I think it was Ben Albright talking about the Broncos that have a glut of wide receivers in terms of volume, uh, but maybe the targets aren't going to be as emphasized there in comparison to other positions. That says that emphasis running back
2: involved. Yeah, so I... I don't know. There, there's a lot of a lot of ways the Broncos really could go with that position. We, we've said even with the third round picks, I don't think the Broncos are completely locked into having to take a certain position, which is nice. That's what you want going into the draft. Mm-hmm. And so if they get a first round pick or early yeah. second round pick, whatever it may be, you know, again, they got some options of where they could go, and and you could feel pretty good about it. Like I said, Gibbs, he'd be great for this offense. Boo, Nick, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I don't get it. I don't think you're a Bama fan. Does Jameer Gibbs, did, did he do something? I don't, I thought he was really good for Alabama. Have to let me know. I don't know what's that
2: about. Um, I don't know. You yeah, got no. Mike S another Alabama guy saying Gibbs would be great to get, but I think we can wait longer on running back. So you got your Alabama guys even kind of not hyping this guy up. I'm kind of surprised by that.
1: Yeah. He's, I think he'd be a perfect fit. Maybe the Broncos do want to wait and maybe they'll go continue to go on the offensive line. I think center right now is where they would probably lean, but I would like them to sign a center before even getting to the draft that you at least feel comfortable with. That way, if the center is the best guy there, God bless. If the best guy there is a defensive tackle, take him. Cornerback, I don't care. Uh, but set yourself up to be a uh, position. The only okay, the only spot that I would say that you don't have to do that is running back because you're still going to be able to find a running back after the draft or undrafted free agency uh, that you'd probably be okay with. Like Latavius Murray, I don't know if Latavius Murray is going to be signed before the draft. Like let's yeah. just call it. He's going to be what 34 years old this year. Picked him yeah. off of a practice squad. Limited in his role now. You probably can pick him up after the draft if it doesn't work out for you where a running back you like falls to you. Uh, but it uh, will be interesting to see. Uh, but the Broncos need to see. I do think they're going to emphasize pass game from that running back. So somebody like uh, Dwayne McBride, Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears look good at the senior bowl in receiving drills, but very low uh, usage in the pass game at Tulane. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, the Broncos looking to add somebody. I, I also like a uh, Hane um, from uh, as Michael said, A chain is an interesting one. Yep. And McIntosh, man, he's he'd be a great option too. He's not fast at all, but he's just solid out of the backfield. He'll turn around and get tackled immediately, but he's smooth. Yeah, uh, Tim Durr has Ben Jones signed anywhere and made a decision to retire. Haven't heard anything. Uh, he might be somebody that slow plays it for a bit. I mean, could he even pass a physical right now to sign? Had those two concussions concurrently and was released with a medical waiver. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting.
2: Yeah we got our Alabama guys coming in saying strong running back class. Don't have to pick one early. And the Bama act saying, I don't trust his durability. Yes. He's an amazing receiving back and home run player, but he got pretty beat up as the season progressed. We've had enough issues with injuries in Denver. A chain.
1: I guess he's saying draft a chain. I think chain's yeah. even smaller than Gibbs, but, uh, if the injuries are a concern and he fails something or there's something on the medical staff, he'd be off my board (laughs) as a running back. You can't have, I can't have concerns about injuries. So I am not a, I am in the sciences. I'm in the medical field, but I'm not a MD. So I'm not, I'm looking at not looking at these guys charts. That'd be a HIPAA violation if it was. So um, (laughs) don't want that. Uh, Dan Hall coming in saying evening guys, where does little Jordan Humphrey fit in the wide receivers? He fits in the slot as the wide receivers and essentially a tight end slash wide receiver. Honestly, the role that I envision him playing is the one that I thought Alberto Cuveban played. You know, detached from the line of scrimmage, big vertical guy who's not really good at uh, separating. Oh God, what the hell? Uh, separating uh, horizontally, but uh, will be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, there's another position, tight end. How big this tight end class is could be another mm-hmm. way the Broncos look to go to get bigger on that that unit of being able to play some twelve personnel.
1: Can you imagine Manhurts and Darnell Washington? at tight end for the Broncos. Oh my
2: gosh.
1: <laughs> Teams are going to have to play the bare front against them. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable. How many uh, defensive
2: but... linemen do we have on practice squad? Yeah. Get them up here. I'll We're up, playing yeah. the Broncos.
1: I just might as well. I mean, Sean Payton was kind of joking about uh, the, that Jalen hurts quarterback sneak roll. I mean, if you get those two tight ends in there and a fullback and Jarrett's did man go earn your 5 million. We're going to bush pushy every play, uh, <laughs> but it will be interesting to see how it all plays out for the Broncos back to the, uh, The punter here though, Broncos bring in Riley Dixon, sign him to a contract. And then they subsequently move on from Corliss Waitman. Uh, Where, where does this move the needle for you? Or how much does this move the needle for you at the special teams? Do you feel set at punter? Is it set and forget for the next couple of seasons? How, how would you approach this if you're George Payton?
2: It's definitely not set. You know, you, you look at his numbers and like I said, with PFF, how much do you really read too much into those? And, uh, A different McGovern, Connor McGovern. Sorry. Doug Tessier coming in saying Connor McGovern signed with the Bills, I think. Yes, there are two Connor McGovern's in the NFL and they both play offensive line.
1: Yeah. So very confusing. So you have Connor McGovern of the Missouri origin. Uh Mm -hmm. that was the one the Broncos drafted and uh then went to the Jets. Then you have Connor McGovern from Penn State, who was drafted by Dallas and now signed with the Bills. So Connor McGovern that had been on the Broncos, still available. Connor McGovern that never existed. Uh, is not on the uh, is with the bills now or, or never existed for the Broncos. So, and uh, yeah. Jay Sauer, no, the Connor McGovern's a free agent, um, from the uh, from the Jets. So, there's no yeah. other way to do it. I mean, gosh, it'd be funny if they both signed. Like, what do you even do on the name? I guess just McGovern and McGovern, you call them by their number. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the Connor McGovern, who the Broncos drafted back in what was it, 2013, 2014, uh, is available. Yeah. So,
2: anyway, getting back to special teams. Yes, Um, it moves the needle a little bit for me in the sense of they they have upgraded. It's not so much that makes me go, okay, yes, special teams is going to be a a plus for the Broncos. It's more that they've moved closer to that average level for Mm me. Uh, Like I said, he might be a a bigger help with the the holding than anything else of actually getting McManus back up there to being a top 10 kicker in the NFL. I, I just I really don't know how much to read into how much was McManus messing up how much was was Waitman just not doing a great job we have our mm-hmm. Butler coming in saying hello MHH family hello to you as well but uh but yeah so th- that part of it if it does help McManus that's worth its weight in gold as well so uh, I-, I like Riley Dixon I don't love him he's still at that replacement level I'm still looking to upgrade if you find a guy that you really love then you go for it maybe you look at next year's draft and say hey there's a couple guys you know, your Iowa boy should be in the draft next year. Mm-hmm. That would be a great punter for the Broncos to go get. Yeah. You know, maybe it gives you another year to kind of push this off. I don't know. I, I I want more competition still. Like I said, I still want it for kicker for McManus because I feel like he's kind of gotten where he's just settled in. And he just hasn't been challenged in a long time. I think he needs a little bit of pressure to get him back up to the, to the level that he was before.
1: Yeah. Uh I agree. I mean, competition would be good. And if you can move on from him for a cap savings, then you know, it's that's the NFL. That's the world. Also, younger, cheaper, uh, up and coming with chance of improvement. That's how old dogs like you and I get replaced, Carl. We'd be getting replaced by now if we're in the NFL. Yeah. Uh we have Jesse Hilborn saying, uh, I think the Broncos could wait on the last pick for Keaton Mitchell from Eastern Carolina. What do you think? Very fast, exceedingly small. I think he weighed less than 180 pounds, which is Unheard of uh for the running back position. But uh also I think he tries to kick when I watch him everything he tried to do, kick outside. I don't know if he has the best uh view or best uh vision between the tackles, but six, seventh round, and I think he ran a four, three, five, forty or something. I mean, you can do worse. Uh, there's a there's a number of backs out there uh that could be a part of that. Um personally, if we're waiting that long, my guy that I'd pick there is Evan Hull, uh, who I think is a better back. Not as explosive, but uh, just pretty good at everything. Smooth out of the backfield uh, from Northwestern. I think he tested actually pretty well also. Uh, But um, again, there's some options there if the Broncos want to wait on running back. Again, they're going to come away with some sort of running back.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm okay if they decide to take one of those speed guys, those home run threats. And like I said, then maybe after the draft, you're going out and getting Murray as well and bringing him back as that number two running back and you can be okay with that. Like it's not your favorite unit by any means, but you're hoping that the boost in the offensive line boosts that running back group as well. Um, but I'd really like a true number two that could actually become a number one for the Broncos. And, and so getting a, a true, that speed guy, that scat back, whatever you want to call him makes me a little concerned. Now Gibbs, he's he's a different animal because he brings that receiving ability he offers that third down, so that makes him almost a starter quality kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think of um, Jamal Charles, kind of guy for the Chiefs. Like I've heard of that comparison for him a lot, and and it makes a lot of sense. You know, that guy that can really take it home can do a lot of things within the whole running game, passing game, everything for you.
1: Yeah, we will be interesting to see how it all plays out. We got our guy David Kilgore coming in nine ninety nine, saying coming in late wondering the rumors about Sutton for D Hop. Is that realistic? heard zero rumors about uh, hmm. Cortland Sutton for DeAndre Hopkins, other than posturing um, from fans, uh, the Jerry Judy to the Brown stuff is more from the media side of things. So I think there's a little bit more smoke there um, from the Broncos, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think the Broncos would be perfectly content moving on from both of them, uh, but who knows? We'll see how it plays out. We got our guy. I wanted to get to this one. DJ Johnson trade the injury-prone uh, Josie and said, I think he said get a six-round pick for him. I think you'd probably get a fifth for Josie, maybe a fourth, uh, but you only have one year left of his contract. I think he's only worth getting paid, what, 6 million, 7 million. I don't think the Broncos are going to outright cut him, but if you can get value for him, and this is coming from an Iowa guy, like an Iowa fan, then I'd understand it, but you better have a plan in place to replace him. And I think that the Broncos are pretty happy with Josie Jules' cerebral nature. I mean, he's the guy who wears the green dot. He sets everybody up. I think they really respect the intelligence and – actually solid in coverage. There's his issue. Isn't so much his athleticism. It's his size. He's diminutive. And sometimes that can be an issue uh, at the catch point. It can be an issue in uh, shedding blocks and whatnot. But uh, I think the Broncos, they might draft a linebacker early, but I, and if like a one that they love falls to them, then my advice would be take the best player. And if that's a linebacker, then do it. Uh, But I don't think the Broncos view the inside linebacker position after re-signing Alex Singleton as a high priority, but you know, I could look like an idiot more so than I normally do uh, five weeks from now when the Broncos take one early. But we'll see. But I think that I, I would assume they feel OK about it.
2: Yeah. And I've seen some like DJ John saying maybe give Baron Browning more of a role, you know, by being able to move him back to linebacker. I, I would really hate that, honestly. One, he spent this entire offseason believing he's going to be an edge player. It's so mm-hmm. what he's been doing. He's been training that way he's actually hired a a professional trainer to help him with his pass rush moves um you know some yeah we've got Griffith but if we're talking about injuries with Josie Jewell we got to talk about injuries with Griffith as well so (laughs) and you would like to have at least a little bit of depth that's that's the thing is you you've hurt the depth of two positions at that point by moving Baron Browning to to off ball linebacker now you've hurt your edge position I I just don't like that I think Baron Browning's true position in the NFL is Ed Rusher now I yep. think you can move him around you can take advantage of that that he's played multiple positions you know not not exactly what the Cowboys do but something a little bit similar you can at least find some matchups for him and say hey go attack that but you really don't want to hurt your pass rush by taking him and moving him further away from the ball
1: I agree with you. I think you're going to have more value there. Uh, he might be your starting edge right now. I mean, he is your starting edge right now. I would assume Zach Allen's more of a 3-4, 5-technique four, four kind of guy. So we'll see um, how it plays out. But unless there's something that's obvious that's a big improvement, uh, then I don't see them doing that. Tom coming in saying I would bring Darby back for cheap. Certainly an option. Would he pass a physical right now? I don't know. Uh, but uh, we will see how, how it plays out. Uh, the Broncos definitely need another uh, – cornerback for that room and maybe bringing Darby backs an option. Bradley Roby out there. I saw somebody ask about him earlier. He could be an option. Rock is still out there as well. So there's some depth cornerbacks. And if the Broncos uh, don't make a move at that position, I'm going to be extremely concerned because uh, you are one injury away from having a massive hole in the defense. That is probably not, you don't have the ability to overcome. And also I think it's a diss. It's a disservice to having uh Christian Parker here. I mean, you probably want to get a young talent that he can sculpt up there. Uh, and really maximize his teaching and uh, just how much of an up-and-coming defensive whiz that he is uh, on that side of the ball. So maybe that's an option. Also, we have Tom coming in saying the Broncos should draft Tank Bigsby. Bowling ball player, I think he ran pretty well today at Auburn's Pro Day. Uh, Had a horrible offensive line at Auburn. Played pretty well uh, there, though, overall. Very tough player. Um, So I like Tank Bigsby a lot. I don't know if he brings much to the pass game, um, but definitely an interesting running back round I wouldn't take him until day three, um, but an, an option to consider for sure.
2: What do you think about the idea that P Ryan is your true passing back on this team?
1: It means you're not going to have a lot of explosive plays in the pass game uh, from the running back position, but you are going to have a lot of safe, solid high floor kind of plays because he's an incredible pass protector uh, as maybe one of the best pass protecting backs in football. Honestly, like that, I don't think that's an overstatement and he's solid out of the backfield, but there's just no. There's no giddy up. There's no second gear in the open right. field. Now, if you have a line or as cornerback in the open field against him, he can make a guy miss, or I guess run through a guy, not make a miss. Uh, but he not, you're not going to see much of it in terms of yak uh, with him getting North and South after getting the ball.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'd still like a little bit, something more just to put some fear in some teams that they, this could turn into a, a home run play that they have to pay attention to what's going on in front of them. Where P. Ryan, it's kind of like, okay, we can allow him to catch it. Maybe he does pick up five yards, but we can get up there and gang tackle and, and make that stop pretty quick. Like rarely is he going to – I know there's that play where he took it for 40 yards against the Chiefs out of yeah off a pass. And it was a great play. He made a couple guys miss. But, again, like I said, that, that's kind of a once-a-year kind of play for him. It's not a consistent expect- expectation where teams have to really game plan that this could be a possibility that kills us.
1: Yeah. Um, and also we have a uh, Michaela Israel saying, uh, Mike Cliss tweeted out the Penn state quarterback had a zoom call with Davis Webb, our, our quarterback coach today, uh, Sean Clifford, uh, the quarterback who beat out Will Levis and caused Will Levis to transfer to Kentucky. doesn't, uh, doesn't always mean very much, um, but it will be interesting. Sean Clifford had a, he's a pretty good athlete. Uh, back there, maybe Sean Payton can't help himself. He's looking for his next uh, Taysom Hill.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it worked for him, right? For mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, it wasn't pretty always. I, I still wouldn't go for it on a regular basis, but it's still kind of nice to have at least those kind of options in the playbook. And mm-hmm. and I think one thing that Sean Payton loves to do, because he loves to show a lot of formations and a lot of plays out of each of those formations he wants teams to have to spend the entire week just going over game field just to be prepared for everything and then still have more things that he can throw at them that they haven't been able to see. So the more you can have, the the better can be.
1: For sure. As long as you have the players with the study habits and the uh, retention ability to do more. Um, so that's not always uh, not always the case. You know, Not to throw any players under the bus, but the Broncos left tackle Good guy, uh, but there's some issues with, you know, game plan sometimes uh, with that and technique, just because some of the learning stuff, but he's been in the league longer. just doesn't mean he's dumb. just takes him, takes him longer. Uh, so hopefully uh, the Broncos can do some of that stuff. Douglas wall coming in and saying, hello, Broncos country and MHH. Could it be possible that Sean Payton uh, has Vance Joseph still run the Fangio style defense? They did keep two assistant defensive coaches. Vance Joseph is more than capable of learning and running a new defense. The thing is the Broncos really, uh, pivoted from the Vance Joseph or the Van, uh, Vic Fangio defense already uh, from 2021 to 2022, the Broncos played significantly more cover three and cover one. Uh, they blitzed the fourth highest rate in the NFL where they're coming off. I think blitzing like the 27th highest the year prior. So we've already seen a dramatic shift uh, from a Evero or from Vic Fangio to zero Evero. And I think that you're probably going to see more of the, is your Evero style. I'm curious to see if they'll keep the penny front kind of stuff up front with the uh, five guys along the line of scrimmage and one linebacker, but we'll be interesting. I mean, really defense, especially it depends on the Jimmies and Joe's. You got to have the guys up front. I think scheme wise, you can scheme guys open. You can scheme the run game, maybe not as much as the pass game. Uh, but at some point, if you don't have the body types and the athleticism, and the talent, of defense, you're going to be exposed. So hopefully it'll be better here for, Vance Joseph in Denver than it was in Arizona as far as a talent perspective.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, Vic Fangio ran into that here in Denver as well, Mm -hmm. where like his scheme could only go so far. It's why even though here in Denver, his defenses were kind of middle of the pack rankings wise, Mm -hmm. you know, they had a lot of injuries. It's still why everybody out there was wanting this guy. You know, that's why he could take a year off. And when he wanted to come back, have about half the league calling him going, please come coach for us. And uh, or tell us who we should hire. You know, those kind of things. I mean, he made recommendations to the Broncos. yeah. And uh, so he's still very, very well well respected just because that defensive scheme is so so great. But yeah, part of me is kind of going, I don't want to to put somebody else's scheme on somebody else because it's not going to be genuine to them. Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to know exactly how to call that. So I want Vance Joseph to be able to have that freedom to go do what he wants to do and sink or swim with that. Now, if it's completely failing, then you're going to have to say, hey, you either got to make some changes or get out of here, but I'm going to let him at least try out what he wants to do first. But we've got Tom coming in saying, I feel defensive end is our most glaring hole. Allen, then Jones. Who's going to play the other side? Williams is gone. Maybe Campbell?
1: Clay's Campbell's an option. Shelby Harris is out there too. Could be an option. I think right now, if you're playing 3-4 base though, uh, with two... F- Four eye techniques, whatever you want to call them, three four defensive ends uh, in that regard. I think probably DJ Jones is one of them, like he was last year, and Zach Allen is the other one. So Zach Allen yeah. essentially takes uh, Draymond Jones' spot. Well, what about nose? DJ Jones didn't play. I don't believe at least I don't have the data directly in front of me, but he was mostly uh, shaded over with the Mike Purcell as the nose tackle in those three four base, and you still have Purcell here. So I think in base it's probably Jones Purcell Allen. Would it be great to have another body that you can rotate in those spots? Absolutely. But I think you are, at least you could take the field next year with what you have. And also I think it was Mike Kliss or Troy Rank or somebody connected to the Broncos. They, you know, fed a good bit from the team as great connections uh, to the team. Uh, Mentioned Henningsen and Owuzurike still as part of the roster configuration and plans for this season. So they're going to give those guys a chance to earn a larger role as well. But I'm not against uh, adding more defensive line talent Ever. If there's ever a position, the question for Nick is, uh, should we add more pass rush slash defensive line help? The answer is yes. Uh, no matter what, I don't care if you have all pros out there. Yes. We add more defensive line talent.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking up right now um, where they had DJ Jones play a lot. So there was only three weeks last year or four weeks now, I guess I'm looking at where he had 10 or more snaps at the nose tackle position. Most of them, he had around like three to five snaps a game. Yeah. So, yeah, not not where they really want him. They want him at the defensive end spot. Um, you know, I know the Seahawks just released Al Woods.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that would be an intriguing name. Um, the nice thing, I, I always love when a player is cut and you see like everybody in their fan base go, that was a mistake.
1: I mean, not always... True. All right. I can think of a small running back the Broncos had that the Broncos uh, removed his uh, tender and Broncos country was beside themselves uh, with that move. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's definitely something to, to watch out for.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not even just the fan base. Like the media people are going, wow, this guy, he's going to be missed. Yeah. Um, now, maybe it's because he's great with the media and then, you know, they just love that they have a guy that really wants to do interviews and all those kind of things. Something that always plays into it. But uh, but yeah, I he would be an intriguing player for me. Got some size, got some ability to really anchor in the run game. Um, but Clayas Campbell, yeah, he, easy connection to the Broncos, maybe has one more year in him that he wants to put out there, still producing at a pretty decent level. I mean, you're starting to see that decline for sure. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's some there's still some options for the Broncos. That's the nice thing is second wave of free agency has kind of started here. Third wave is kind of after the draft. Second wave is very spread out. Mm -hmm. Like you can take your time. You don't have to worry about this whirlwind of, can we get this guy signed? We're competing with four other teams. It's no, we can talk to them and say, hey, we're interested. Here's what we're willing to offer. They can go talk for a couple of weeks, whatever they want to do. Guys are on vacation. We'll come back when we get done with vacation, those kind of things. So um, yeah, it's Broncos have some time.
1: They do have some time. So, uh, all right, well, we're going to get out of here. Al Woods was the nose tackle in Seattle. Uh, their defense was pretty terrible last year at stopping the run, but I'd have to dig into the tape uh, to see. I think it was more the edge edge rushers that were the problem there. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it at some point. Yeah, obviously Broncos still making more moves, punching today, bring, bringing in Riley Dixon, moving on from Corliss Waitman, and the rumors uh, surrounding the Broncos wide receiver position just won't stop. Uh, so, Too much smoke there for another not to be fired, but we'll see how it plays out. Really appreciate you guys coming in. Glad my computer could kind of hold out for one last time. Shout out to Tom coming in. Uh, We also got Michaela Israel, or was it her son, uh, doing the super chat? (laughs) If it was, we won't tell her. Um, But thank you so much, Tom, uh, coming in multiple times. David Kilgore with the big super chat. Appreciate you coming in. I know we had our guy Howie freaking Day. Uh, we also had big super chat coming in from Mike Edel coming in. I don't recognize that name, Mike. So we really do appreciate you coming in $20. That's big time. Sue Gibson. Also another name didn't recognize as much. So you guys are great. Uh, Sorry if I missed any of the, uh, Facebook side of things on the super chats. Uh, I'll be honest. I tried to look it up on my phone and I can't scroll past like the last, like five, (laughs) five of them. And if I pull it up on my computer, I think my computer will literally suck up into a vortex poltergeist style. Like I think it would just like slap me or something. Uh, So hopefully my computer's sitting here on my front step and uh, tomorrow will be the start of a new day. Uh, But uh, any final thoughts, Carl, before we get on out of here, punter moves, a lot of talks about running backs, the Broncos roster in general center. And then of course the, uh, the wide receiver rumors uh, for the Broncos.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I, I would hate to see Judy go, but Greg Newsom and a second round pick, I would cry happy tears. My kids would come in and be like, dad, why are you crying? Uh, Earlier I fell off a chair and hurt myself pretty good and my kid came in he's like dad did you cry and I said no he's like you never cry well he would see me cry if Greg Newsom became a Denver Bronco (laughs) so uh yeah I I think Broncos trying to get some things done they're being incredibly aggressive this this offseason I I did not expect this level of aggression I knew Sean Payton like they want to be able to go and obviously with Walmart money you got plenty of money to throw around and do some great things but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see them rebuilding this entire roster like this. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much why we started the show to be able to rebuild rosters and get them to these championship levels. And I think that would make the Broncos one of the more deadly defenses in football. If they can add an Ed rusher with that second round pick, I'd feel pretty darn good, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, otherwise new punter feel pretty good about it. Nothing that, that moves the needle too much, but it does move the needle a little.
1: That's all you want, right? Little yeah. needle movers. That's uh that's the name of the show, but appreciate everybody coming in. Uh, you guys have a great one. Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at, uh, BTB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. And uh, of course, make sure you join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, head on over to Apple podcasts or Spotify, uh, find the mile high huddle huddle up show and uh, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, Bronk uh, Chad and Zach give out some merch all the time with that. So, uh, great. If you head over there and do that, it's completely free. And also as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share, uh, to our show over on YouTube and click the thumbs up on the way out. If you're joining us on the Facebook side of things, you guys are great. I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Hopefully the weather is as nice there as it is here. Sun's beaten out. Spring is sprung. Uh, and uh, it's inching that much closer to summer, but really enjoying it. Also inching that much closer to the draft. And uh, always fun, Carl. It's always good to talk yeah. to you. I think we held it down here pretty well without Scott. And uh, God bless the computer. I'm going <laughs> to give it a, a, a sailor's funeral here, probably after this out in the Puget Sound out here in Seattle. But uh, it'll be great. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that new computer's there.
2: All right, man. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it gets there tomorrow for you, and that uh, <laughs> so you don't have to sit there and keep tracking on on your phone. Come on, get here, get here. God, I, I hate those moments.
1: Driving me nuts. You guys have a great one too. We appreciate you. Continue to choose kindness and compassion, as I always like to say. And as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com to keep the conversation going.